This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from on location at the Collider Video Studios in Burbank, California. This is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack here for another edition of the main show, The Big Interview. We love bringing in some of your favorites and mine to talk about life, the universe, and everything. And this is a returning guest. So that means we don't have to talk about the origins. We don't. This isn't an origin story. This is the dark night of his interviews. And that is... Famed Ecuadorian film reviewer, <laughs> JTE, Josh Tapia. Welcome back to the Netflix Files. Yes, episode two, Return of the Je- JTE. JTE. Oh, not Jedi. Not Jedi. <laughs> yeah, Jedi. Look, you know, um, you're a fascinating character. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> oh, thank you. That. And your legend has grown, I think, since the last time. <laughs> okay. And I like to think the Knapsack Files appearance you did back in uh, 2013, I believe I it was 2013. dropped a bombshell. You dropped a bombshell <laughs> and started the rise of JT right then and there. Oh, really? Because that's, you, in my mind, point. you became, you went from this intern, JTI, everyone liked, yeah. uh, to you discovering that you had lied to us to get onto the show <laughs> yep. and kept that secret for a year, yeah. revealed it only on my podcast, yeah. showed a new side to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's the ambitious side. I have a lot of ambition when I was younger. Maybe not as much now. Not but now? No, I still do. But back then, it was, I was hungry. Yeah. As they said in Rocky Three, this guy's hungry. <laughs> like, you'll do whatever you you're can hungry. just to scrape by. And uh, yeah. you just got to put yourself in the right position. And, and now, I, now your dreams uh, have come true here. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I love my job, and that's a rare thing. Yeah. People can't and we got that. to work together for a year and a half at Screen Junkies. And, oh, that's uh, great. And look, I'll, I'll, we always tease you. You, you. you do a lot of funny things we love to tease you about here. But I, I think in that year and a half, I uh, discovered you are one of the best workmates I've ever had. Oh, thanks. you are calm. Yep. You are no drama. You are yep. easygoing and in mm-hmm. a crazy world. And I'm part of the craziness <laughs> to just be able to drive in to work with you or work alongside of you in an engineer booth and movie fights. You were always a good presence. I do miss that. Thanks. I've always kind of had that easygoing presence. I don't really get into the drama. Yeah. Uh, I remember I worked at a movie. One of my first jobs out of high school was I worked at a movie theater. Shocker. Yeah. Um, and I always came in. You know, it wasn't the best job. It was kind of, a, you know, yeah, movie theater yeah. job's okay, but... I remember my boss, like, a year in was just, like, I was because his where you check in to, like, clock in yeah. was right at the manager's desk. I remember clocking in, and my boss, Sean, looked at me and said, Josh, are you, how, how are you just always in a good mood? He's like, no matter what, man, every day I know you're going to come in with a smile on your face, and you're just going to be yeah. easygoing. And I was like, I don't know, Sean. I mean, that's uh, well, just how you, I feel. That's how it would be at Screen Junkies. Look, any, anything becomes a job after a while, and you're going to have dramas, and you have mm-hmm. problems and frustrations. And I sometimes will let things get to me too much and still do. Uh, and I'd come into that studio there where you and I would just work uh, quietly by ourselves along with the, Ryan Elliott, the camera guy who was just on Napsack Files, Billy Patterson later on, James Anderson, um, and uh, all the producers there. 
and I would rush out, like, God, blah, 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 and screaming and shouting, and you'd just be like, ah, oh, man, that kind of sucks. Uh, I'm going to get a sandwich. <laughs> well, you were a producer. I yeah. mean, you definitely had a little more weight on your shoulders, some more responsibilities, deadlines. Sure. When you're an engineer, it really, it comes on to you. Yeah. Like, I'm the one who knows how to work this thing. Yeah. So the, any pressure that is given to me yeah. is usually on myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the higher-ups. You know, they're all super cool to me there. They just well, everyone, let me do my thing. Yeah, everyone was super cool. But, the, the, yeah, you just, but you deal with the frustrations a little bit. You have a good approach to life. And I wanted to start the conversation there. Because okay. you'd be joking, and, and, and we'd be driving home, and sometimes you'd be like, "Man, this is a life. It's so good to be me." <laughs> yep. And that is uh, there's uh, there's some humor in that, but there's some truth in that. Your how, your daily approach on what you want out of life is pretty damn solid. How do you wake up every day? What is there a plan, game plan, or you just no, be? No, I I just I just look at where I could be. You know yeah. what I mean? I growing up as a kid, this was never on sure. the roadmap. I never imagined I'd. It was a dream. Like, I would love to work, you know, right. not just so much movies, but have a job where I didn't hate work right. and didn't hate going to work every day. From a small kid in Connecticut who's now living in L.A. is getting paid to talk about movies. Right. And I, I love Hollywood. I love the whole L.A. life. Like, I really do love it. Like, some people yeah. come here, they don't really get into it. Yeah. Uh, they just doesn't fit them. It just fits me. So... And for me, just waking up to beautiful weather every day helps me yeah. be a happier person already. I mean, yeah. when it's nice outside every day, it's kind of hard to feel shitty. Kinda, if I was in Seattle yeah. and it was rainy and cloudy all day, maybe things would get to me yeah. a little bit more. Or the snows of Connecticut back in your home yeah. or, you know, tough I, streets of Ecuador where you did spend, all jokes aside, uh, yeah, your living, right? Yeah. yeah. It took a spent year there. And that was, yeah, that was a... F- Interesting year, just kind of yeah. finding myself. Um, there were some, you know, listen, I went through some hard times in L.A. Sure. There are times where I wasn't finding work. I just got out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I was down. But I don't think I ever. Don't believe pro- it. I don't think I ever projected it to the point where, like, if I'm in a bad yeah. mood, I'm not going to take it out on people around me. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, come in like a dark cloud into a room. Yeah. I'll deal with that on my own when I'm home. But, like, when I'm out and about, like, why would I project that to somebody else? Yeah, that's true. I've, I mean, there's been days where, you, you know. You'd be a little upset, not upset. But like I would know later on driving home, you'd be like, "Oh, that kind of sucked. Uh, that thing that happened today." But mm-hmm. at work, you just kind of like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Got headphones in. I'm going to do whatever I need to be done. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. It's a good approach to life. It, you, it, you should write like a, a little self help book, uh, the self help book, the JT Guide to Life. Oh, you know, God, it wouldn't be that long. It's, it's I feel like you don't need I five mean, pages. Yeah, I feel it's a very simple game plan. There's not like a deep, like you know, I don't have some great mm-hmm. quote I can just pull out and be like. Life Confucius and all that, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty simple. I think that's why my life. That's what keep it simple. Simple life, man. Keep it simple. And uh, do you do you have any like long term goals or plans that you're? And and I want to get into JT Movie Thinks the website, but yeah, does does because sometimes I think that's what buries a lot of the other uh, folks, Mm -hmm. myself included. Of oh, I got to get to this level. I got to do this, and how do I do this? And 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 you just kind of you don't seem to have that. But do you have those kind of aspirations? I I don't. I don't have a game plan to fast. For sure. Oh, that's great. I, I literally I enjoy not knowing where I could be a year from now. Really? I've always enjoyed and that's one reason why like, you know, I have relatives and friends who bought mm. houses. And to me, I'm like, yeah. I that means I'm stuck somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? That means I'm gonna be that means that's a responsibility I have to be somewhere. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll get to a point where I wanna have like somewhere to you sure. know, lay in my head for good, but Right now, I like not knowing what's going to happen a year or two from now. I just kind of, as long as I could put food on the table and a roof over my head, right. I'll be pretty happy. 
That's fascinating. Because that, I truly believe that from you. Yeah. I truly believe that as your existence. And so it's not you're you know, not that you're opposed to marriage, but the idea of marriage and a dog and two kids and a picket fence is not yeah. you're scoffing at it. No, it's 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 just not in my game plan. Again, like sure. maybe it'll happen organically. Right. But I'm not like I don't have like, you know, a timeline where I'm like, all right, by this age I need to have a house, by this age right. I need to have my mortgage pay off, I need to have kids <laughs> by this age, I need to be married by this age. For me, like Something presents itself and it works for me. I'll yeah. go with it. If not, I'm not like you know. You know I don't have a plan, man. <laughs> yeah. When did you the 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 rise of JT movie thinks, mm. which is your it's still rising. I don't still know if rising. it's risen yet. It's still it's, rising. It's rising. But I, I've I've loved seeing this because you've you've always. One of the things, and this gets overlooked, uh, is when you showed up as JTI on the Schmozno movie show back in uh, Phase 3, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, you're a movie fan who really understands and loves movies. Mm. Uh, this character that developed after of the, you know, lovable, affable, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, uh, stumbling over his words, JTE yeah, or JTI. I think once you put yourself on camera or on yeah. a podcast, the real you is going to seep through there. Sure. That's not a, I'm not making this stuff up. Like people are like, you can't be serious. You didn't really, you did that. You didn't do that. On pur- you did that yeah. on purpose. Uh, when I was with Andy, we were playing a game and yeah. I was thinking of a movie about the Cuba yeah. missile crisis. And yeah. I said, the Cuba gutting missile crisis. Right. Like, I just I said that out. that one live. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, you did that on purpose. I was like, no, no. my brain is just, what, okay, let's doesn't go, work sometimes. Let's go. Cause I, I almost witnessed you die the other day. What? Remember what? that? Remember that? I was so we grabbed some dinner with Ryan, yeah, the yeah, camera yeah. guy for Screen Junkies, and we were about to cross the street, and uh-huh. you said goodbye, and you crossed the street, but you had a red light, and you almost got hit by a car. I did not. Almost. You're exaggerating. <laughs> I, don't I think I, I took, am. I took two steps, but like I wasn't like not looking left and right. I thought the light went. And then once I saw the cars keep moving, I backed up. You did back up. Yeah, yeah. You backed up. We thought we were going to witness the death of JTE. Oh man. What, so what is what go, does your mind just work too fast? Yeah, sometimes I think maybe, um, yeah, sometimes I, when I'm talking, I just, I have so many ideas mm-hmm. going on. I, sure. And, like, they, they crisscross. And, yeah. And they'll come out mixed up. Yeah. I Sometimes I don't think I think enough before I talk. Sometimes my brain, my mouth just goes without my brain fully cooperating. I'm, I'm guilty of that, too, because I, I, any, any podcast I do in general, uh, any any speaking, I don't plan generally mm-hmm. too much ahead. I don't, I don't memorize things. So, yeah, sometimes I'll stumble myself totally. into corners. Uh, I can mispronounce things just as much as as you do. You just mm-hmm. have this, Trisantosaurus Tops has yeah. probably staked your reputation in Guillermo del Toro. It's so funny because Harloff was, like, known for the one to mispronounce stuff on the Schmoes No Reviews and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Like he used to get a hard time for it a little bit before I showed up. Yeah. I showed up and just he you, he was happier than anybody because he goes, "Oh my god, no one's gonna give me shit anymore because this guy's bringing it to normal." You made it an art form. Yeah, pretty is much. What you did, you made it an absolute really art did. form. Um, but uh, anyways, to go back, so you launched this. So you know, b- point of all that to where I was going with is is you really do know movies, and, and you're right. not just some engineer. You, you you there's a reason you can go on uh, mm-hmm. the movie trivia showdown and compete. There's a reason you can go on movie fights and compete. You really really do know movies. You're an old school movie fan, so I guess it would make sense that an engineer would launch his own brand, JT Movie Thinks. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, obviously, I didn't do it right away. For me, like it took a while being right. on Schmoes No Podcast mm-hmm. to get comfortable on a really? microphone, to get okay. comfortable on camera. Like that's not stuff I did before. Mm-hmm. I always worked behind the scenes. I used to act in like my in college. We just do skits sure. and stuff. I could act a little bit, but that I think every film kid thinks he could act a little bit when he's making sure. his own films. Uh, but to have a live audience and have, like, you know, knowing thousands or hundreds of people are going to listen to something. Yeah. Um, it definitely put some pressure on me when I first started, you know, being part of the show. 
And yeah. I think that's why, honestly, the first year or two, I didn't even try to do anything like this. Yeah. But after a while, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable on the mic. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in front of cameras. Yeah, I do slip up once in a while. Sure. I'm not a pro. I never took any classes for yeah. hosting or any, <laughs> you know, any of that stuff. So, like, I really am an amateur when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. But, like you said, I do know my movies. Yeah. So, and I think... The time I speak the best is when I'm talking about something I know about. Right. And that's sure. movies. So if I'm going to do anything, it's going to be a JT Movie Thinks. And it started with your podcast, yep. which was very fun. It was always just you interviewing people with the movie they last saw. Yeah, no structure. I never knew going right. in what they were going to right. tell me. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I never, like, some people do podcasts. They have, like, rundowns. They have sheets. You know, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. I literally just, like. That, it's good stuff. Yeah, similar to Preparation's this. Preparation's good. Just two mics and let some people talk. Two mics and the magic of what happens. Exactly. That's what I like to I, I, I like to say. And then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'll, I'll stumble for questions or mm-hmm. feel like it, like say, get stumbled into a corner in a conversation. But yeah, it just kind of free form, man. Yeah. Free form. And the idea for the podcast really came just from hanging out with the Schmoes after the podcast. Right, when right. We would go to like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or Chili's yeah. and we would just like, I'd be like, literally, I'd be like, Mark, what'd you see lately? Yeah. And Mark would be like, oh, I went and saw this screening or I, I rewatched watch this and then it was just you know like we would all bullshit and talk about right. it and that's kind of what i want to capture that podcast was just talking right. to people who are movie lovers that talk about movies yeah and then from now so now you move to video you got reviews yes you got your famous thumbnails thumbnails yeah. thumbnails see i'm saying things wrong thumbnails <laughs> thumbnails uh and now you're reviewing with uh april yeah uh, girlfriend. your partner in crime here mm-hmm. uh april dawn 13 you, yeah. you remember her twitter handle yes now, i do right? <laughs> I'm re- people and i used to get shit this people think i'm really bad at spelling i'm not that bad here's what i'm really bad at i'm a horrible typer yeah. I am horrible when it comes to typing things because I don't double check it. Yeah. Like, and I'll type quickly, and yeah. when I type quickly, I, I mess up. And you don't double check. And I don't double check it enough. And that's like sometimes at movie fights, you'll see a misspelling. Yeah. It's not because I, I, like, I misspelled a word that was like, there's no way I would have thought that's you how You called John Flick a YouTuber. Yeah, tuber. And all that was, it was an extra B. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what you, how to spell YouTuber. I just, I type too fast and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't so, slow down to check. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying I'm the greatest speller in the world, but sure. my typing is really what I think gets me in trouble more than anything. You've got to calm down. you got to breathe. Uh, yeah. So uh, what else do you hope to accomplish with JT Movie Thanks? Well, for me, I re- the same way I started a podcast, I just wanted to get my voice out there right. by its not by itself but just like where it was the forefront of the, have your own brand talking. yeah like for me i used to love doing the shimos no podcast or uh, when we mm. you know we we're told hop and all that yeah but you you get to get in there and uh like anyone who listens to that show yeah you just want to butt in and be like oh yeah this is what i think right and shimos gave me the opportunity opportunity to do that but there was so much unsaid. I felt sure. like after an episode, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have said this. Jump on and say this yeah, and say so that. So for me, the podcast was really just to give me an opportunity to really get out everything I wanted to say that was going on in the movie world. Right. And, you know, have some fun guests and talk about some movies that maybe aren't always talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, does it feel weird to, uh, you know, again, we talk about, you know, the young boy from Connecticut now. Mm-hmm. And now you have your own stuff, and, and you go to the Screen Junkies events, you're recognized. You go to Schmo's events, you're recognized. Yeah. Uh, you're gaining notoriety as uh, one of the main members so of the Schmodown, <laughs> a movie trivia Schmodown yeah. show. Is it so surreal for you? It is. You know, when I first started getting recognized for Schmo's, it was so cool. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in the last two years, going to Screen Junkies, mm-hmm. doing movie fights, 
and now with the schmodown, yeah, the audience has gotten much larger, and so like there's times where I get recognized for schmoes. Yeah. There's times I get recognized for screen junkies. Right. And sometimes there's the one guy who knows both, and it's yeah. like, okay, so it's like I have. It's kind of nice to have my foot in all these different. <laughs> you know, didn't you get recognized back home in front of your family? Yes, that was amazing because like a kid from my hometown was like. Thursday night I did schmoes. Mm-hmm. I took the red eye that night to Connecticut. Yeah. And then that next afternoon, my like my family picked me up the airport. We stopped to get some food, and the kid was like, "JT, I just saw you on schmoes last night. Like, how are you in Connecticut right now?" <laughs> and I was like, "This is my hometown." I took the red eye, and he was in. just like, "Wow!" Blowed away. And then your family thought you were actually cool for once. Yeah, for once. Yeah. Oh my god, that's all I heard for the rest yeah. of the weekend because I was there for my sister's wedding. Yeah. And all I heard for like the rest of that weekend was, "Ooh, Mr. Big Shot!" Oh, and I'm like, one kid recognized me. <laughs> How much does it mean to you to want to uh, take some of these titles in the Schmodown and and maybe defeat Dan Merle in, uh, in movie fights? Uh, does is it some? Do you see it as some justification, as the you know the intern overlooked, the engineer overlooked? Yeah. Well, it's I'm very competitive, and it's it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Yeah, um, I always want to win, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I want the belts. I've here's the thing: when people say, like I've lost a few matches in a row. Yeah, I think I lost like five in a row, and people are like, "You suck," and I'm like, "Dude." I lost these matches by, like, last questions. Right. Like, overtime. Right. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how... That's like... If Jordan played Bird, you don't say Bird sucked because he lost most of the games. Right. <laughs> They're two great players. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to get back up in the singles. Yeah. I And the game is... It's such... Part of it is skill and part of it is luck, man. Yeah. You got to be lucky and True. skillful. Talk about this persona because I know uh, you're... you're you're, you're a simple man, like we talked mm-hmm. up front. You, you don't, you don't. Uh, your ego's in check. You, you, um, you know, have a great approach to life. Uh, and then when you when you started the the movie trivia showdown, and again for those who this comes up now, we had Roke on recently, and uh, I've had some other folks from the movie trivia showdown. Um, if you haven't had watched it, it's on Collider Video, and it's competitive movie trivia. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it with a little bit of pro wrestling flavor. When that started, now I'm going back to even when it was on the on the main show for Schmoes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd call you an American hero character. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you were you came out with American flag. Yep. People were rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that as it turned into people booing you. Well, I think first of all, those first showdowns were really bragging rights, but in between yeah. our group. Right, right. Like, I wanted to be able because it wasn't as big of a field as people. So it was like going up against your friends. Right. And we all wanted to win so we could brag. I know more than Ellis or Christian knows more than me. Right. It was all about bragging rights. And I, I love America. I'm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I've always too. been very... I do too. I've always been very patriotic. Uh, not Very, sometimes, not, what's the word? Um, obnoxiously. Obnoxiously, okay. <laughs> and... Uh, Anytime I could finally put myself out there on stage, we started doing these entrances. Yeah. It wasn't even like a question of what I was going to do. Yeah. I was like, I'm just coming out representing America because who's not going to want to be on the side of America? <laughs> Sometimes well, a lot some of people, people, yeah. But this is day and age. But I know what yeah. you mean, man. You you wore that uh, uh, camo jacket, yeah, American flag, and you were kind of a you were kind of a hero. I loved it. You're a hero <laughs> character. You did love it. I loved it because I just love representing USA, baby. We're number one. We gotta be the best. So, yeah. And I considered myself 
to be the best. But then things started to turn, mm-hmm. and now uh, you and Jeff Snyder as the Patriots. Champions, uh, yep. Champions <laughs> uh, of the team division. Um, that's The tide started to turn a little bit. You, you there was, uh, I saw the performer in you yeah. reach a new level. Well, I think Christian... Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do many favors. He didn't. When the way he, you know, yeah. blew up my spot when I messaged Clark Wolf. Yeah. Um, so. Did you feel betrayed by that? Because that was kind of real. Well, he, he did it on live camera. Right. <laughs> so, of right. course, I was a little bit like, come on, man. I was like, <laughs> behind closed doors, but you know, Christian, he wants yeah. uh, he wants it on the camera. He wants to make some schmo show. Um, yeah, he wants to make some schmo show. Listen, again, I wanted to win. Yeah. I took the schmoes to one question away from winning the championship. Right. I'll never forget that question. It was like, what was the name of the con in, um, not the Hustler. Yeah, was it the Hustler? Was that the one with Paul the, Newman. The, 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 the Sting. The Sting. The Sting. The question was like, what was the name of the con? And I called it the Long Con, which it mm-hmm. was a long con, but that sure. wasn't the name of it in the film. One question away with Finstock as yeah. my partner. And I knew if I had anybody else who just had a little bit more of a wider net of knowledge, right. I could win the championship. You could win. And so you reach out to Clark Wolf, who's an immensely she talented, was a free knowledgeable. Agent at the time. Yeah. yeah, and she's really, I mean, I know horror decently, mm. but she was like really strong in horror. Right. And I figured she might have, you know, again, she could fill out some of the holes that I have that don't, my movie knowledge is a little bit weaker. But yeah. I ended up, you know, getting Jeff Snyder, and he is, uh, he's got some weaknesses. Like if he gets anything mm. Marvel DC, I got to pick up the slack. You got to pick up the slack. But he's really good when it comes to like actors and directors mm. and certain filmographies yeah. more so than me sometimes. But t- talk about this heel persona you guys mm-hmm. have. Um, and you're it's something that initially where are you uncomfortable with this? Or well, are you more comfortable now? I think the best heels are the heels don't are the heels that don't see themselves a heel. Sure, as sure. I don't see myself as a heel. Every villain is the hero of his own story. Yeah, I think I don't see us as heels. Mm-hmm. I just see us as winners. And much like my beloved New England Patriots, mm-hmm. once you win enough, I don't care how nice you are, how yeah. good you are, people are going to hate you just to hate you. Are, are you comfortable with this more now than you were back then? If I have a championship, of course, I'm, as long as I have that championship belt around me, I'm comfortable. I mean, you got no Patriots poncho on now. This is, no. uh, you know, this <laughs> yeah. isn't a documentary. But I noticed, I know early on, um, yeah, you've always been, uh, you found your, you're right. I'm remembering now, Phase 3, you were, you were a quiet voice on the microphone. Mm-hmm. You were, okay, so that makes sense. You're, you're a little uncomfortable. But you definitely have found your, your, you found your voice. You found your creative persona. Yes, for the most part. I mean, I so. how much of this do you embrace? How much, like any good character, we had a good conversation with Roka about the outlaw coming mm-hmm. from a point of truth and who he is. Yeah. Or do you enjoy having a crowd boo you? To a degree, because then when I win, I get to be like, see, I told you. In your you. face. Uh, well, a good friend of mine from college mm-hmm. who I've known for over 10 years. Right. Uh, he followed the schmo down and he called me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, they're, they're painting me as a heel. Yeah. And my friend from college goes, you were always a heel. They just started <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> Cause, really? Because he knew my competitive side. Like, right. even back in film school. You can't help yourself. I can't help myself. Like, I always want to be very competitive. I don't take, yeah. I have, people are like, oh, can you just relax and have fun? Yeah. I am having fun. I am relaxed. I'm just very competitive <laughs> about it. I don't like, I'm not going to like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not overly mean to anybody. Right. I just, like to be confident if I feel like I'm you're right. confident in yourself. And again, there was a, there, there was that moment we were driving, I think, from Screen Junkies to Schmoes one mm-hmm. night, 
and the car, and you were just laughing. You're like, it's so good to be me. It's so good to be me. You <laughs> I know? mean, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you, it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, pinch yourself. Be like, is yeah. this really where I'm at right now? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these listeners would love to be in the position you and I are in. Sure, yeah. So I don't take it for granted one day. Mm. I don't take it every day I go to work. Like, they call me in early. Like, you have to get up at 6 a.m. to shoot a special video. Right. I'm not going to complain. Because right. I am like just so lucky to even be in this position where I am right now. You're captain perspective. You got a lot of oh, perspective. So I'm all about perspective, man. Because you've been down and out. You, you yeah. you've been on the outskirts. And even then, scrambling to find work. When I met you, you came to Schmoes. Not only did you lie your way on, but yeah. I mean, you, it's not, you were, weren't you like cleaning tables on the weekend or something like oh, that? Oh, dude, I, yeah, I took wait, waiting jobs. Right. I took um, PA like really crappy, yeah. crafty sh- jobs. Like I was at the point where I was like, listen. If I go back home, mm. I could work a crappy job and have no opportunities around me. Yeah. Or I could work a crappy job in L.A. and have all these opportunities around me. Right. So it was a no-brainer for me. You did it. That's, see, that's part of what's the, the magic of JTE, the magic mm. of your life, working for things. Yeah, I mean. And, and, and having a good attitude and with natural perspective. That's something that I get lost in a lot of times where I have to stop and say, I'm at a Star Wars convention for a job. I was paid to be here. This is oh amazing. Oh, my God. Of course. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Why? I wish I was home relaxing. Got to slap myself in the face. You don't have that. You, you have that built in, that perspective. For sure. I, my parents are definitely um, ones that kind of instilled that. I mean, my dad grew up in a very poor family in South mm-hmm. America. Like, I think he was out on the streets when he was like 15. Mm. Uh, it was very poor living. So yeah. my dad didn't let us take any of the shit we got as kids. I had a, you know, middle America, you know, sure. middle class life. Yeah. Uh, by no means were we poor, but by no means were we well off. Right. But to my dad, it was like, oh, really? Oh, you didn't get that toy you wanted from Toys R Us this week? Oh, how you have dinner? Do you have a roof over your head? He's like, let me tell you about what I had to do when I was a kid. <laughs> so, like, very much like I'm always grateful for what I have, mm-hmm. and I'm never going to be the one to be like, I need to have this or I'm not happy. Right. Because I was given so much more opportunity than my dad ever did. That's 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 he, he instilled that in me. Great philosophy. Yeah. And I mean, sh- should you ever have kids, you'll pass it on to them. I hope so. I would never, like, my worst nightmare is, like, if I ever had kids, they're just a spoiled brat. <laughs> I have failed as a father. Like, if I, I see kids and they're, like, screaming because they can't get a toy. Right. Like, I don't ever, I mean, kids are kids, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't ever want to be to the point where I'm, like, just having a spoiled kid who doesn't appreciate what he has. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's a good philosophy. Let's talk a little bit about movies. Yes. Uh, let's talk about state of movies today. Oh, man. Oh, are, great. are you happy with the state of big budget movies today oh, compared God, to indies? It not, seems like a weird time as a film fan. It's so, it's, it's so brand. Mm-hmm. It's all about brand. It's now, all about brand. Which is something that was not the case growing up for me right. so much. Um yeah, I I look back at the. It's when I look back that I'm the more most depressed about where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. When you look at the '80s and the original blockbuster films that were coming out back then, right? It was amazing. Like Back to the Future, Gremlins, original Ghostbusters, yeah. uh, all these films like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, just yep. something that Spielberg and Lucas got together and wanted to make. Those were even Star Wars. They're all original yeah. properties. Yeah, that were. Fed by these producers, like Spielberg produced a lot of those movies, Back to the Future and mm-hmm. all the other stuff. And I just feel like movies like that today won't get made on that yeah. scale unless it has some sort of built-in audience. Yeah. It's, it, no one wants to take that risk. Exactly. And I think back then you had Spielberg, who was in charge of the money. 
mm-hmm. but was it like, let's make good stories. Yeah. And I still think, you know, Spiel, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, why doesn't Spielberg help produce movies like that anymore? He launched all these smaller films, yeah. like Gremlins and Back to the Future. They weren't huge blockbusters. Well, they're huge blockbusters. But sure. He was just... Became su- them. Yeah, they became them. He was just supporting his filmmaker friends who had original ideas right. that they thought would be good movies. Do, do you think we can ever get back to that, or we pass that point? Oh, man. This big studio thing, look, I get it. You, you, if mm-hmm. you're going to invest 200 $50 million into making a movie, marketing mm-hmm. a movie, uh, merchandising a movie, and you don't get yeah. that back, your job's on the line. So it's almost like it's gotten too big. I don't know if it can change. It's tough. You know, I think about Marvel. MCU sold their properties, mm-hmm. and, and then they took a risk. It took their own money yeah. and produced Iron Man. Right. Because they want to make it right. They want to make it their own. I mean, MCU, before it was with Disney, was its own studio. Yeah. And to me, that excited me because they weren't being, they didn't have to worry about dealing with Paramount or these other companies telling them what they could and couldn't right. do. Uh, so much so that Sony is like, come help us. Yeah. Because we yeah. messed up this franchise so much. So in some ways, like to me, MCU for a while was like a throwback to the older produced films of somebody that were making movies they wanted to with good scripts, good stories. Iron Man I Two, gotcha. Iron Man Two was a misfire. Sure, that they was, rushed that. They, out, were, yeah. they rushed that to you know, but MC movies to me are great. I, I mm-hmm. enjoy all of them, and yeah. it's because there's a creative control like Kevin Feige spearheading the whole thing. Vision. Who's spearheading Transformers? Right. Nobody. It's Michael it's Bay. Michael Bay and that story and, group they've yeah, done. Yeah, like thirteen writers in a room. Yeah. Um, and they're all all they're thinking about is sequels, how they're going to branch us off to spinoffs. Right. I don't think that's the way to going into making global markets. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and the way th- and look, it's always been a business. I mean, Star For Wars sure. ran into problems with mm-hmm. Fox not believing in it, and Alan Ladd Jr. pushes it through, and even he, you know, was. Always, they they held it against him that he never mm-hmm. signed that toy deal better, and Lucas got all his rights. So it's always been a business. So we're not going to say totally agree. that, but it it seems to be it seems to be so different. The haves and the haves nots. There's no middle ground. Well, yeah, I, that, exactly. I've heard Alicia say this a couple times. A couple mm-hmm. of other people like there's the big budget movies and there's the indie movies. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be that mid <laughs> budget film right. that was like maybe has a simpler story. Doesn't need a hundred explosions. Right. Like Back to the Future is probably like a mid level movie. Right. I mean, there's some special effects, but overall, it's just a really good story. I mean, Michael J. Fox was a, coming off a TV show at the time. Right. Christopher Lloyd was a household name. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nobody like really starring A-list stars in that movie at the time. Right. I think he had Teen Wolf come out right before that, which was a moderate hit. But I think they did they shoot that after. I think Teen Wolf was right before Back to the Future. But I mean, did, I think they might have oh, shot they, it. They after. shot it. Yeah. No, they shot it before, but it came out after, after. Back to the Future. Gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. That's what. Yeah. It is. Uh, again, it's just and like they always say, the movie stars don't really open movies anymore. No, nor and, and there was a period of time where directors were, but I think even yeah. that's starting to fade away. That's a good point. It's yeah. these brands. It's, it's all about the brands, and I just think we're losing the movies. Like one, I can't think of the last movie that was just mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> came. You know, that came out of some guy's imagination who was given a moderate budget and made a huge hit. Like The Matrix was one in the nineties, right? That was a huge hit for them, and that's kind of, you know, they're inspired by a lot of things, but... Sure, inspired yeah. by things, but still yeah, still, still not tied to a comic book, exactly. still not tied to... Um, yeah. You know, I look at maybe something like Kingsman, though it was based on a comic, they kind of yep. wrote that that graphic novel to make it into a movie. True, good point. But but they, even then, that surprised people, yeah. and, and now it is a brand. Now it's a brand, yeah. Now it's a franchise. I uh, mean, that's still... I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little bit better with that. Sure. Because, again, they, he did write it to make it a movie, but... 
I just, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that we're losing those mid-level movies, like you said, that are just, I mean, Big was probably a mid-level movie when it came out with right. Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. it's just, we don't get movies like that anymore. We don't get like. those kind of original com- yeah. comedies. That thing <clears> you do. Try. Yeah. Stick with a Tom Hanks. Yeah. That, just, thing, that thing you do is a great well, movie. That's a good point, because when I was in, uh, you know, starting my film school journey, which mm-hmm. ended uh, abruptly for me to go into radio, but two years in, I was studying screenwriting. Excuse me. <clears throat> That was the mid '90s, and um, I was writing those type of movies. Oh, okay, uh, you know, in my head, I had these these stories. I didn't yeah. have these big giant blockbusters planned out. I had some mm-hmm. ideas of a big Star Wars fan, but yeah, that's what I didn't want to write the independent art house movies. I was yep. a straightforward dude that just like hot dogs and popcorn and mm-hmm. romantic comedies and maybe a detective com a detective caper. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think I either, I would not want to be coming up right now trying to write those type of things because I don't think they'd sell. Yeah, and then you think about indie films. Um, those could be like really mm. small budget, but make it big. Right. But I, also, I think maybe the way filmmaking has worked now, I think it's cheaper to make those mm. mid mid level movies in a lot of ways mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. a guy released a movie on an iPhone a couple years ago, Tangerine. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. shot on an iPhone. Like right. now, you can make some simpler stories. And I think technology has definitely played a role in it. In you, you can still do, but then it also seems like in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know John John Watts, a commercial director who makes Cop Car and, mm-hmm. and yeah, the horror it's... film, and then all of a sudden now he's Spider Man. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of the you know Colin Trevorrow is another one. Mm-hmm. Safety Not Guaranteed, a movie I enjoy greatly. Loved it. Loved it. Um, now it Jurassic seems World. Jurassic World, Star Wars, Star Wars, and that seems like what you kind of have to go for. And there's though there are few and far between of those, those jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It'd be tough being a young filmmaker coming up today. These yeah, days. it's it's almost good and bad. It's like look all this technology I can use. Oh yeah, you can do almost anything yeah. you want now. But that also makes everything so much more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more traffic. Yeah, <laughs> it's harder it does. to yeah. weed out like the good stuff. Yeah, and the, and the talent will rise to the top. But again, yeah. sometimes that it's even that's you know that doesn't happen uh, organically yeah. as much uh, as it should have or, or maybe used to. So uh, you still you but uh, you obviously enjoy movies. You're a big movie fan when you go to the theater. You still have a lot of fun though. You're not oh, uh, sure. these big blockbusters. Even some of the dumber ones, you should still find some enjoyment in yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I saw Fate and the Furious. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's a yeah. dumbass movie, but yeah. I enjoy. Even if it's a dumb story and the acting's pretty bad, right. and some of it's very cartoony, I can still respect a well-shot action sequence right. that shows me something I haven't seen before. Um, yeah, like I'm, I don't think I've become like definitely after film school. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my teachers saying, "You're not going to watch movies the same. We're much more critical." Sure. Um, but at the same way, I became. I enjoyed films more because I, knowing how they're made, mm-hmm. you could actually see something that a regular audience member might be like, oh, that was cool. Right. Whereas I'll be like, holy shit, how do they do that? Mm. I'm so impressed right now. Yeah. I saw Children of Men in college, and it had like literally three tracking shots that blew my mind. Right. And I remember looking around the theater, and no one else was really it, picking it, up on that. It's seamless to them. Yeah. It's just part of the movie. Me as a film student, I'm like, what is happening? And I back then, it was more about the film students. I think everyone now is just more in tune to what filmmaking is. Yeah. So, like, I'm, True Detective had that one tracking shot. Right. Like, and that was a huge deal. Yeah. Like, everyone noticed. Oh, there were star- every- think pieces on oh, it the I know. next day. And everyone notices that now. Yeah. But I don't know if they noticed it as much 
like in the 90s. I don't think, no, I think you're right. I don't think they did. I don't think it yeah. was like uh, the stuff you picked up, uh, you know, watching the player in the mm-hmm. opening uh, one cut, uncut shot yeah. is a reference to other un- uncut shots. Oh, and they're, and they're, shots. they're meta talking about it on a meta level there. But yeah. yeah, I don't think that was some discussed in film school with us. Mm-hmm. We analyzed the player, but we didn't, you know, I didn't have those discussions outside exactly. of Exactly. Now, I think especially the internet probably helps this. Yeah, the podcast. Articles, and, pod- yeah. like people are more informed now mm-hmm. about film making and like we said there's just more access to cameras yeah and we could buy like a $500 camera now and shoot a movie I think more people are informed than they were mm. back in the day I think filmmaking was like a cl- elite club yeah you had working with film is so much different than digital mm. it is like expensive yeah it was I mean you were privileged to make a movie back then right. unless you were like Roger Corman who was just yeah just shooting them out. shooting yeah. whatever yeah. he can so I really feel like back then like being interested in filmmaking and being like a filmmaker was a much more niche thing. Yeah. And now it's just more accessible to everybody. So everyone everyone thinks they can do it. Everyone, totally. you know, uh, we find that in digital media podcasting, same mm-hmm. thing. And that's why I do say, like in the world of podcasting, the better ones rise to the top and, yeah. and all those kind of things. But yeah, you're right. Have you ever uh, thought uh, realistically about telling your own stories? How so? Like making a movie, making, making a movie? shorts? You've done some of that stuff before. That's why I ask. I, yeah. I like, hmm. I, Can we ever get JT Movie Thinks Film? <laughs> I don't know. If I did, back when I was a kid, I wanted to be like, I want to be James Cameron. Okay. I want to make these big fantasy sci-fi action movies. Right. I want to make Terminator 2. I want to make Aliens. Like, I want to make those. Those are the movies, those pulp films mm-hmm. that with big budgets were like, as a kid, those are the movies I want to make. Right. As an adult, I was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. That shit looks so hard. <laughs> like, right. I, I just don't... I can't wrap my head around how... Like, you see Mad Max Fury Road. Like, I couldn't even imagine right. going out in a desert and shooting that. I yeah. just couldn't imagine it. Yeah. I don't have the brain power. <laughs> so, like, I w- if I did ever film something, it would be much more... Right. I would almost... Like, one of my favorite films is Ball Rocket by Wes Anderson. Oh, I love Ball Rocket, yeah. Just great characters, funny dialogue, yeah, and a simple story. That's kind of like if I made something, it'd be along those lines. Along those lines, which I yeah, that's where I would like to. That would, my writing style. That's why I like Wes Anderson so yeah. much. Because okay. I mean, I'm not going to write a car chase because I know what that's going to entail. Right, right, right. <laughs> like right. I would, I would definitely wouldn't mind shooting something, and it definitely be more comedic. Like I remember when I one thing you find when you mm. go to film school, you find out what you're better at. Right. Uh, Frank Oz had a great interview where he said he wanted to make movies like The Godfather growing up. Mm. Like that was his dream. Right. And then he started. Got he got into filmmaking. And he realized he was better at comedy, mm. puppetry. He became Yoda. Right. He's, and he's known for more comedic films like Bowfinger. Yeah. And uh, Muppet movie, the Muppet, the first Muppet movie. Like yeah. he he learned Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, Dirty Rotten. Oh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is great. He learned that even though he wanted to make those big Godfather dramas, that's he yeah. really was better at something else. So you had to find your you had to find yeah. your path. And he did eventually try to make one of those movies. He did the score with Marlon Brando, Robert De Niro. And oh Norton. yeah. Uh, he so he did eventually get a chance to make that kind of movie. Yeah, but I think he discovered in film school like his strength was more in comedy, and I found that for myself. Like I said, I wanted to make movies like Carlito's Way. Like, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to make like Goodfellow movies, but in film school, I was just so much better at the comedic stuff. Right, and I touched upon that when I made movies like Meet the Schmoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that was the first time I really saw it on display yeah. when you did the Meet the Schmoes with Bob Finstock. Yeah, I had a blast shooting those, and I really right. felt like I had a good sense for comedic timing, and that's right. where I was like, okay, this is like what I'm better at. Yeah. This is what I would like so, to do. So at, at any point, do you want to try that again? Any point? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've I've discussed about shooting some maybe some uh, sketches. Right. <laughs> Not skits. Not skits. Sketches. Uh, I've we've talked about doing some sketches for maybe down the line for my YouTube channel. Right. Honestly, just because it'd be fun to do. It's not like I'm like, oh my god, I want to start this new comedy channel. Right. Just to dip back into filmmaking because I think once you start doing something, it's kind of like it's infectious. Like you mm-hmm. start it and you're like, oh yeah, I remember doing this. Well, but yeah, yeah, it's like um, I think we in this business, this digital media media discussion world, we also still have to have our eye on the long-term prize because we don't know how a lot of this... Oh, God, yeah. Digital media is here to last, but here to stay, I should say. But uh, I don't know how, you know, we don't know. There's some fun, some endings to some of these channels that come out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, SourceFed going away scared yeah. a lot of us in here. So it's like, it's hard to pin. I'm uncomfortable pinning my hopes and dreams on a lot of this stuff. Well, there's not a huge roadmap for this. This is yeah. When I moved to LA to work in film, this was not even on. This not wasn't ever. even an option. No, it was. It, it, yeah, you were. You didn't go get TriCaster yeah, trained. You just learned. I went to film school. I came out here. I worked on films for years. Right. As a PA, as a, like a camera assistant. Right. And then li- this just happened because yeah. <laughs> I was out here, and I was like, oh my god, like. Who knows if this was something that when I first moved out to L.A., maybe I would have pursued it. I don't know. but I, Well, yeah. If it, I, I mean, I wish I was a little bit younger when this had started. But even when we first met in 2013 for doing the Schmoes Snow podcast, um, we were it was a radio show more than anything. It was a yes. Toad Hop network, which, again, mm-hmm. there's an example of some great people. Um, Johnny, uh, over the gang over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then that goes away. Yep. Because um, it just couldn't generate the funds that was mm-hmm. needed to run. Um and that was sad. And so we're, we're cut adrift. So even then, back in, in 2013, and uh, uh, where we start? We started After Buzz in 2014. Okay. Right? I'm trying I think to know how so. time flies. But that's my yeah. point is even back then when Phase 3 ended, I don't think any of us could truly envision, even though Christian wanted us on, under one yeah. roof working and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. We didn't know where this kind of stuff would go. Screen Junkies was barely a thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, Honest Trailers had just kind of started. Collider mm-hmm. was just kind of, it was AMC movie talk then. We didn't know. Yeah. I've been with Screen Junkies almost over two years now. Yeah. And where they were when I started to where they are now is different. Hugely different. Yeah. I mean, I was starting, Dan was editing Honest Trailers. Yeah. I was helping editing like Screen Junkie show. Like they, yeah. I was only working like two, three days a week when I first started there. Right. And to see where they are now to, you know, where they were then to now, it's, like, mind-boggling. Right. Yeah, that's right. Dan, Dan Merle was an editor. Oh, yeah. For, that's was, how he was, started off. It was movie fights that got his face out there. That's true, yeah. That Definitely movie fights. thing, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, so sometimes I wonder, and I don't know that I don't know if you think that, where it's, like, well, some of the things I originally moved out here for, screenwriting or more mm-hmm. comedic performing or acting even, which I never really fully... Stand-up. T- Stand-up. It's, like, do I need to keep that going... Just to be sure that my, quote, brand is out there and that I have a, a, a safe path yeah. should some stuff go away. I never know. You never know. You know? Yeah. The branding thing is, was all new to me. Like, yeah. when I changed my name from Schmoes JTE right. to JT Movie Things. On Twitter, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Christian and Mark would be like, what the hell, man? Yeah. But uh, they totally understood. At the end of the day, it was just... I was the only one that had Schmoes attached to their name. Right, right, right. You were Ken. Yeah. Josh was McC- Josh McCuga. I was the only one using the Schmoes, and yeah. rightfully so, because I started my online right, right, career right. with them. Right. But it got to the point where I was just like, I need to cross brand just so people could find <laughs> my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and my Twitter are all at JT Movie Thinks. So it's pretty easy to find across the board. Explain that name. 
Um, who's, I was in the car with Mark Ellis. Okay. We were on the 101. Yeah. Uh, I think we were heading to play basketball. Right. Uh, I believe it was basketball. Yeah. It was oh, like you a, guys are always playing hoops, yeah, yeah. It was like a Saturday afternoon, I believe. And I was like, hey, man, I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel. Right. I was like, I need some ideas for names. I, you know, I was like, I don't want to do JT Schmo's mm-hmm. thing or something like that. Because I was like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna try to feed off your brand. Right, right. I was like, I'm just trying to think. I can't, do my own thing. I'm trying to remember. I, I gave him a name, first of all. Right. And he said, don't like it. <laughs> and he didn't like it. And then I think... I said, JT Movie Thinks, and I just kind of said it, and he just kind of gave me like, oh, that's not bad. And, yeah. and I, honestly, there wasn't a huge amount of thought to it. Yeah. Once I said that out loud, I liked it, and I just went with it. You just went with it. I just said, screw it, I'm going to go it. With makes it. almost no sense, but it makes all the sense. Yeah, JTE Movie Thinks. <laughs> it's a disjointed, <laughs> it's, so, a, it's a sentence missing a few words. Yeah, the JT Movie Thoughts would have been maybe more apropos, the, but, but... See, Thoughts was almost too fancy. <laughs> but that's my point, is yeah. it fits, it fits, uh, it fits, it shouldn't fit, but yeah. it fits, and now it's here to stay. Well, look, even the name Schmoes No was something that was that's debated. True, yeah. They weren't 100% happy with it. Ellis has never, you know, early on didn't like the name, and, and it just stuck. It had got, once it left the station, you couldn't take it back. That, yes, so. that's right. Again, um, I'm trying. I wish I could remember some of the other names I was kicking around. Right, but they weren't good. So, yeah, they were. <laughs> and good. Ellis, I, he might even help me come up with movie things. I honestly don't remember the conversation completely. Right. I just remember leaving that car, thinking, "Oh, that works. That works." And then when I wrote it down and I, you know, looked at it, I was like, "Yeah, it looks good." Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes it's weird to think. Yeah. Like you have to write something out to actually see if it looks yeah, good yeah, in yeah. the title. Um, and again, that back then it was just a podcast. Right, right, right. It right. was just a way for me. I figured uh, I passed like ten thousand followers, and I was like, I have enough followers that I might get like you know a couple hundred people to listen to this yeah. thing. Um, and obviously, early on, it helped getting a lot of guests on, uh, like people from Schmoes. And when I started working with Screen Junkies, I was getting some of the Screen Junkie guys on, like Hal and Nick. Yeah. Uh, so that definitely helped me grow my brand. Yeah, I know no one's gonna listen to just me. I mean, you're brave. You come out with podcasts where it's just you and a microphone. <laughs> I can never do that. Uh, I'm not that. I'm not that talented on a microphone. Uh, you you could if, if, if oh, we God. pulled your string. You talk about movies. You Be might find my- it. I bet you could talk about Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I probably could. Do 30 minutes on him. <laughs> if alone. I had to do 30 minutes, I could probably, if I just went down his filmography and told yeah. him I liked by every movie, yeah. I probably could. Yeah, that you, sh- you should do. A- but how much better would that be with Finstock? Well, that's that, that, I, look, I'm not arguing yeah. that point, but be, but that 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 should be one of the shows on JT Movie Thinks is the life and times of Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. I know. I, part of me feels like. Um, I might do that one day if he ever passes away, just as a coping mechanism. <laughs> I, but I think you do it now. Maybe get him on, man. Oh man, yeah. You'd movie by movie, he's each too, he's each too legendary. episode is mm. you and Tom Degnino uh, reviewing, watching, st- it, uh, reviewing, and then watching a Stallone I've, movie I, reviewing. I, I it kicked, up. and I'm not even lying. I've, I've yeah. thought about that before. <laughs> I think I thought about where I just sit down. We start with like 1976 yeah. Rocky. Maybe we'll skip Lords of Flatbush because he's not really the star. Then we go right into like Paradise Alley, Nighthawks, Rocky Two. Like it's perfect. I, I wouldn't mind doing that. It's I, I I think that I'll do that, but I want to build up my subscriber base a little bit. Okay. I got to five thousand pretty quickly. Sure. Uh, but I, it's it's been a struggle getting to ten k. Like I'm just yeah. about to hit eight thousand subscribers. Okay. Uh, maybe when I hit like ten thousand or more. Yeah. It's hard. Like I th- it's hard. Like Twitter, you know. Yeah. You get a, sometimes I'll get a hundred followers in a week. 
It's weird. YouTube's that, hard to build YouTube's up subscriber yeah. base, man. And because a lot of people are watching but not subscribing. Exactly. A lot of people. Oh my god! Know. I mean, a lot of my trail reactions get like thirty to fifty thousand sometimes. Right. And you'll maybe get like a couple fifty followers out of that. Right. It's like, come on, man. Right. If you could get all of them, you'd, yes. be, you'd be an empire. But look at this. This is this is where how far you've come. You. The first conversation was about an intern stepping into the spotlight, mm-hmm. and now you're talking about brands, subscribers, and climbing yeah. numbers. You're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, it's again, I have fun doing it all. Yeah. So, like, I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> I really ain't. I'm just doing it because I enjoy doing it. And I think that's a great way to go in thinking when you do anything creatively. Yeah. That's a good approach. You always have that good approach, and I'm, I'm glad to share it here with the people here. So before we wrap up, uh, do uh, do let everyone know where they can find your stuff, man. It's been fun talking to you, as yeah. always, but there's a reason we're here. We want to get the word oh, out. Oh, let's get it out there. At JT Movie Thanks on Twitter. Mm. Instagram. I barely ever use Instagram. A, I only use it to see where I get tagged in. Um, <laughs> YouTube, JTE Movie Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, subscribe, branding, man. Branding, people. Branding. I have, uh, I, I have a couple videos. Like, obviously, I do reviews mm-hmm. for what I when I can, I try to see things early, right. um, and also, but I'm trying to do more original content. Like me and Finstock have this thing called WTF Trailer Reactions, right? Where we watch trailers from the 80s, 90s, 70s, just some Perfect. of the craziest shit you ever seen, and we just kind of break it down. They're about eight to ten minutes long, and then I just started doing one with my girlfriend, which I'm really enjoying, called right. Two Take Review, okay. where she is younger than me. Not Take Two Review. Not Take Two. Two, two take. take Review. Yeah, Miss Movies called me out on that, and I kind of like. I don't know. For me, I just like it, it works. It flows two off take. the top. Yeah, JT Movie Things prevent uh, presents Two Take, two take review. Reviews. Yeah. What's the and premise that's another of that? Thing about title. Say it right. out loud. You'll Say it out loud. Say it out loud. It helps. These out. are career tips from JTE. She is really good when it comes to current films, like the past like ten years or so. Right, but right. she's missed a lot of the classics. I mean, she has. I mean, she's yeah. seen some. She's seen like Back to the Future and Ghostbusters. Sure. Unlike you. To a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Back to the Future. You've seen Back to the Future. You've not seen yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but, like, for me, it's just fun for her to show her movies she hasn't seen that I consider to be classics or just right. really good movies. Okay. And in a review, she gets she doesn't know what she's about. It's kind of like my podcast. She has no idea what she's going to watch mm. until right before the, right before we watch right, it. You do it. I sh- she pulls out a bag of what we're about to watch. <laughs> And then she just kind of gives her, like, what she knows about the movie. Right. Sometimes she won't know anything about it, and she'll be like, I've heard of it. Right. <laughs> but then she'll, and then she'll be like, oh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen trailers for this. I've heard of this before. And she'll kind of give your expectations. It's usually, like, two minutes. And then we sit down. We watch the movie in my nice projector in yeah. my apartment. Which, I've which helped, you helped me. Help set up. Help yeah. set up. Yeah. And then we come back, and I give my review, which is, as a, somebody who's watched, watched it. Watched it, yeah. Who knows? Maybe a hundred times by this point. And we get her review, who's someone, you know, is new to it. Like, I showed her the last one we did was Batman 1989. I grew up with that movie. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She hated it. Really? She hated it. She loves the Dark Knight trilogy. Sure. She had she, never seen this one? She had never seen the original Batman 1989. Okay. okay. And I showed it to her, and she hated it. I was shocked. I thought she would at least take some joyment out of it. Yeah. She could not get over the corniness and the date. <laughs> she thought it was too dated. But uh, there's some truth to that, but uh, yeah, but that's an that's yeah, the great perspective. That's the great perspective, like, and it, it's not just me going, "You're crazy," right? Right. I'm like, "Well, tell me why," and then I tell her why I enjoy it, right? And you know, it's just nice to get a new, a fresh and old perspective on right. these films. You are old, and she is young. Yes, exactly. Yes. I've done well. 
That's great. You have done well. That's a great way to end the show, Josh. You have done very well for yourself, and I know you're going to continue to do well. Please follow this stuff, JT Movie Things. Over on Screen Junkies, you got some big movie fights mm-hmm. coming up. You're yeah. uh, hopefully getting that title shot down the line with Dan Merle. That's the plan. Um, when this episode airs, your your big match, I think, is still to come. So uh, yep. uh, follow uh, his adventures over there. You're still on the Schmoes No Show. You mm-hmm. show up on Collider Movie Trivia, uh, the Movie Trivia Schmodown, and you are uh, a vital cog in that. You have a lot going on. As always, you're a fascinating character. Let's hope that you check for green lights before you cross the street. Wait till I get my license. (laughs) See you guys next time on the Knapsack Files. But before you go, don't forget the Knapsack Files is on Apple Podcasts, what formerly was known as iTunes, still kind of is. It's out there. Subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps the station. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. And don't forget our Patreon page. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack and use the hashtag the Knapsack Files to join the conversation. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 